Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Gare Maxwell. Gare is an author, brand strategist, and keynote speaker who's inspired some of the world's best, including Apple Specialist Marketing Group, Caterpillar, Napa, and others. He has shared speaking stages with icons such as Richard Branson and Gene Simmons, and was named as a 2020 Vistage Top Performer and Speaker of the Year by Tech Canada, the country's largest CEO organization. He's a former broadcast journalist and author of Big Little Legends. Thanks so much for joining me today, Gare. So looking forward to being part of this, uh, Diane, because uh, I, I, I never, ever, ever uh, get tired or, 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 or just discussing the origin of legends, their enduring appeal and, and how that can actually create an irresistible brand. Now you see folks, you can tell he was a broadcast journalist by listening to his voice. So (laughs) this is good. Okay. So we're going to jump right in. You have coined the phrase, big little legends. It is the title of your book. And, yes. and you coined the phrase to describe everyday businesses and leaders who have, as you say, you know, created irresistible brands. Brands. So what's the criteria that, oh, you know, yeah. they have to meet to be one? Okay. Let's, can, can you and I uh, do this uh, like old fashioned radio, Diane, and, and, and paint a picture a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So let's, first of all, Big Little Legends is the metaphor. It's very metaphorical because the language of brand itself is metaphorical, meaningful, emotional, symbolic. So when I talk about big little legends, what I'm trying to describe are those small to medium-sized businesses that literally are swarming with customers, like they're lined up so far. So visually, many people in your audience will identify with places like Cafe Dumont in New Orleans or Pike Place Fish Market in Seattle. They both sell pure commodities called coffee and fish, but they would get thousands upon thousands of visitors every single week. Does that make sense, Diane? So that they're they're Uh, lining up. I appreciate that. Visually, I want people to see that. Well, the same dynamic happens uh, about an hour and a half north of Toronto. I call it word of mouth heaven on Highway 11. Uh, it's called burger. Uh, it's Weber's. They sell burger shakes and fries. Diane, the lineup's been around since the late 1960s when the Montreal Expos were granted entrance into the National League. But are we to believe that the burger shakes and fries at Weber's are that much better than all the other competitors? And it's the only business that you can look at going north of the 400 and all the way up from Toronto to Muskoka. 
that's got that long and very predictable lineup of customers. Really? Okay. So what is it about these brands? Right. So like we say in the book, uh, without magic, it's just marketing. So in each case, in every, and by the way, Diane, this is why I love this topic. We have identified dozens upon dozens upon dozens of big little legends. They're everywhere, but you got to know what to look for. And allow me to paint one more picture. How many secondhand stores do you think there are in America? Just for fun. How many? What's the number? 2,000. Right. So according to the industry stats, 11,800 pawn shops exist in America, but only one is attracting four to 5,000 visitors every day. It's in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the world famous gold and silver. Yeah. Yeah. You see, all, whether it's the pawn stars that people in this audience and your audience, Diane, would be familiar with, or Cafe Dumont, or uh, Pike Place Fish Market, or the aforementioned Weber's that, uh, you know, people may, may or may not have heard of, these are all legendary brands uh, created by everyday leaders. This is not, you know, Apple. When, when people think of brands, Diane, who do they think of? They go Apple or sure. Starbucks or Nike or Disney or Lululemon or Harley Davidson, right? What yeah. we set out on a course, it took nearly four years to fully research and write the book, but I've been doing this kind of work long before uh, we even sat down with uh, to actually map it out. But my point is this, we wanted to discover who are those small to medium-sized businesses selling otherwise ordinary products that have this extraordinary impact that are able, well, you wrote a book, right? How to succeed without selling. I think that's what it was, right? Right. Right. So how do you create the brand that is like the giant magnet on steroids? So you're never selling. They're just coming to you with open wallets and open hearts and ready to buy. That's what we wanted to identify with the 12 chapters and the 36 strategic and practical takeaways through Big Little Legends. So to fully answer your earlier question, we identified there's four criteria. Okay. Okay. So number one, you've got to have the ability to deliver a very positive impact in your local community with a favorable reputation that extends beyond your area code. So you can be really, really good, let's say in Cleveland, but if nobody outside of Cleveland has ever heard of you, you don't fit the criteria of what we're talking about. Okay. Okay. So favorable reputation outside the area code. Let's you and I deconstruct that a little bit for our listeners. What does that mean? That means in some respects, you're kind of like famous. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately, and I'm going to blame the Kardashians for this, people connect fame with something bad. Yeah. What, we, what we've discovered in our work, Diane, is that the more famous you are outside your area code, the luckier you get. <laughs> Can you imagine? And I just did uh, uh, a several uh, CEO executive groups uh, in South Florida last week. And when I ask 
you know, let's say all told nearly 50 business leaders, you know, how much does luck play a part in your business success? Every hand goes up, right? Everyone yeah. wants luck on your on their side. Well, sure. that's what we're talking about. Cafe Dumont, Pike Place, Weber's, the Pawn Stars. They've they've all created that mystique that goes way past the local area code. That's why. Um, and, and okay, so there, there's one. There's actually four criteria. So that's number one. Number okay. two, you've got a brand story that gets told and retold and retold over and over and over again. So that the original story turns to a bit of a myth and the myth becomes the legend. Ah, ah you can't I create see. a legend without an original story. Yeah. And then, and then uh, number three, you demonstrate longevity. So all of the, businesses I've mentioned so far, they've all been able to demonstrate over decades, their ability to sustain this. They're not one hit wonders, right? Right. They're not, uh, you know, they're not the latest shiny object out there. And number four, every single one of them, Diane owns a substantial share of the market they compete in. In other words, from a business results perspective, because I study this, they're not looking at just, you know, settling for a few crumbs or a few slices of the pie. They really are the leaders in their space. So this is so interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about this, this brand story. Mm -hmm. um, is it their origin story or is it their purpose? you know, which story are they telling? Right. It could be any or all. Now I'm going okay. to, I'm going to do, um, because of the magic of just being on audio with you today. And actually I love, I love, I'm, I'm, I mean, you mentioned it in the intro. I did 20 years of, of uh, broadcast journalism. So did a lot of radio, right? Sure. So the danger is to approach this subject, shall we say, with too much of a cookie cutter or paint by numbers approach. Uh -huh. I never know, like for instance, when I'm working with a client, I never know what we're going to discover, but I know the questions to ask, okay? Uh -huh. So essentially at the heart of it, the story is based on values. And that sound, I know how that sounds, Diane. I know it sounds so cliche. Okay, but let me demonstrate. All right. Yep. In chapter two, I write about the original Big Little Legend, where we basically stumbled onto this, discovered it, part by accident, part by intention, but we discovered it. Okay. And it's it's two people, uh, small business owners named Jim and Donna, husband and wife team. So I want you to picture Diane. They've got five employees. They're doing. 1.2 million a year, 1.3 million a year in annual revenue. They sell an interchangeable product. All right. Yeah. In a crowded competitive category. And there's no discernible difference between what they're doing and what everybody else is doing in their space. The market can't tell the difference. All right. Huh? So, and, oh, and let me tell you about Jim and Donna. 
Diane, their characters right out of Seinfeld. They're they're low <laughs> they're 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 low talkers. <laughs> Diane, they're very they're very soft spoken. They uh, and I'm not kidding. Like you better hope when you're having dinner or coffee with Jim and Don in some public place that there's not too much ambient noise because you're it's going to be and they're gentle and they're kind and they're generous and they're very family oriented. Diane, they don't fit the stereotype of the category they compete in. Huh. You ready for the category? Yes. Worst business category on planet Earth in terms of public perception and reputation. They sell cars? Used cars. Ah. <laughs> Not bright, new, shiny cars with yeah, full warranties. Yeah. No, they sell used cars. So what are you already picturing, Diane? Oh, you take a turn. What are you picturing in your mind? And what are your listeners picturing? Well, I, you know, the 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 checkered blazer and not 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 soft talkers i mean not kind more sort of blowhard uh pushy you know glad handing that sort of thing right so in other words the image of herb tarlick is not that far away from that old wkrp series right? yeah right exactly right so right so whether we, whether you or I or Jim and Donna like it or not, that is the established benchmark for perception in that particular product service category. Yes. And so what are we really talking about with brand? I, I kind of hinted at it earlier. The language of brand is metaphorical, meaningful, emotional, symbolic. It also is all about, uh, you know, creating a certain perception and reputation that will distinguish you apart from all others, okay? So to, in other words, unless you're uh, substantially uh, different, no one will see it from the outside world. Uh -huh. And so consequently what happened was, and here's the quick timeline, Jim and Don and I, we all met in September of 2002. Anyone in your audience can look this up online because I think that's the great thing about the online world is that, you know, everything is transparent now. So easy for anyone to go check it out, okay? Yeah. But for our benefit today, we met in 2002. Um, and I had, after 20 years of broadcast journalism, I had tumbled into a career in soft skills, business training. It was like a Canadian version of Dale Carnegie. And I started working with Jim and Donna and their little team. And they had, like I said, I five employees, one part-timer. Diane, we went four years, four years before we discovered something that was magical. And we discovered a story. And that story, we started telling it in September of 2006 with 30 second spots on the radio. Are you ready? Sure. Let me say this. We are not going to talk about the cars. Nothing about product, pricing, and promotion. Ah. Nothing. Let me count it in. Here's Jim Gilbert's spot in three, two, one. Okay. 
He's the Casanova of customer focus, the Romeo of roadsters. By golly, he's been called the McDreamy of drive. Stop by at Jim Gilbert's Wheels and Deals and get your daily dose of Hugtonium designed to spark your love affair with your car and your libido. He became Canada's huggable car dealer. Oh, my goodness. He's Canada's huggable car dealer, Diane. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. So that's the story that we started telling, and we did like for years, we did those 30 second style vignettes. We talked about um, great Canadians. We talked about hockey players. We talked about famous episodes from Seinfeld. We deliberately and very intentionally did not talk about the cars. I can't stress that enough. What does every car, local car dealership commercial sound like, whether it's in Cleveland, whether it's in Calgary, Alberta, whether, right. Doesn't matter where you go. Right. No, yeah. from California to Cleveland, it's all better quality, better selection, better service, better value, better prices. Yeah. Okay. So what we did, part by intention, but also part just following our gut instinct and intuition, is we discovered we could tell a story that instantly set us apart from everybody else. And that story was anchored to those four words, Canada's huggable car dealer. That business, Diane, by 2020, grew to 38 employees and did north of $50 million. Wow. Largest independent used car dealer in all four Atlantic Canadian provinces. He's based in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Very well set up for the next generation. And along the way, became the record holder when they, oh, they got into the power sports and recreational vehicle business in 2018. And um, they, by 2020, they had become the number one Kawasaki dealer in Canada. Fueled in no small part by the reputational equity built up over the years by Canada's huggable car dealer. And when you go to the dealership, I'll, I, I, I can tell you're anxious to ask the next question. But just so you know, when you go there, it's like if Walt Disney imagined a used car lot, what would there be? That's what this is. There's literally hundreds of teddy bears and mascots. And then there's the merry-go-round. And then there's the two-kilometer nature trail. Go walk your dog called the Trail of Hugs. So everything to augment the story 
is something we've been doing for what more than 15 years now and we and and using that as a real life laboratory in terms of real life market conditions in to a large degree uh, Canada's huggable car dealer sparked a lot of the insights that are throughout uh, big little legends well, <clears throat> one of the things that I think is so, thank you so much for sharing that story, because it definitely paints a picture of, you know, how this works. And one of the things that resonates with me is it has to be authentic. It has to be genuine. You have to be able to, it has to be a true story. So when people experience you, they are experiencing what you're, who, who you're telling them you are. Otherwise, it doesn't work. You can't fake it. Right. You, Diane, you very accurately predicted the conclusion of the book, which is chapter 12. Ah. Yeah, that's, that's the truth of the matter. You, you can't be faked. Mm -mm. And, and I would argue, especially since the pandemic, the world is craving connection with other yeah. real human beings more than ever before. That's why, as you can imagine, it was so gratifying. I had a reader email me, I think it was last week, saying, this is a book I can actually believe in. There's yeah. no nothing pretentious, no gibberish. Yeah. It's all real stories, all supported by real research. And in chapter 12, and I think your listeners might find this fascinating, so, you know, no two thumbprints are the same, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. No two snowflakes are the same. Right. Right. right? This speak, I, I'm glad you brought up the authenticity piece because now you're going right to my heart. Well, guess what, Diane? No two golf swings are the same. Really? Nope. Not at all. Huh. Not, they're as unique as thumbprints and snowflakes. All right. And in chapter 12, I tried to capture that spirit of stepping into your own story because I am the son of a former pro golfer who was born seven minutes from the first tee at St. Andrew, Scotland. So dad grew up playing on the old course. Dad won Scottish schoolboy championships before coming to Canada as a 17 year old in 1957. Now, he won more than 100 tournaments during his career, but my point is, I didn't fully appreciate his greatness, and I grew up in, under his roof. Sure. That's hard right? to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the more, and, you know, and I got to go to the old course, which is the birthplace of golf, uh, a mm -hmm. few years back on back-to-back on -back tours of the United Kingdom, and, and I really started to dissect what does this mean in terms of authenticity? And then there's a great writer. Uh, here, here's a free recommendation for anyone who likes to write. Uh, Stephen Pressfield. Uh, he, I, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he wrote oh. a book called, yeah, he wrote a book called The War of Art. And he was a struggling screenwriter for 20 plus years before he wrote a novel called The Legend of Bagger Vance, which got picked up oh, yeah. by Robert Redford mm -hmm. and, and Will Smith and Matt Damon were in the movie. All right. Yeah. And, and in my view, Pressfield really nailed it with, he calls it the authentic swing and the authentic, which is what you were asking about. Yeah. <laughs> and what he was saying was that the golf swing, 
it's not learned, it's remembered. The story was already inside you, Diane. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So for me, that's why Big Little Legends is so personal because I wasn't the golfer, right? Yeah. I admired my dad. Sure. Right. But I was the history junkie, like at eight, nine, 10 years old. Okay. I, I used to, to get big, thick, and I mean thick books on, on military history and generals and admirals and campaigns. I, I've read all that stuff. Okay. And I am addicted to those documentaries. I just watched, I rewatched Churchill, uh, the gathering storm just again the other night, because I, I will never get it. See, and then I take my love of history and I get, I become a newscaster and a sportscaster. So whether it's military history, sports history, world history, I've, Oh, now why am I writing about legends, Diane? Wow. There's there, there it is. Yeah. There it is. Right. I, I, I've got to go back in time. And that's one of the great things uh, that the book allowed me to do. Uh, in every chapter, we go back and identify the specific moment in time where the world literally tilted on its axis and the legend was created. If you're a small business owner or salesperson who struggles with getting the sales results you're looking for, grab a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And if you haven't seen all Audible.com has to offer, you don't know what you're missing. Sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com slash business growth. I, I, I want to flip this around for a minute. Sure. Because I, it, it is so inspiring and um, really uh, motivating. And at the same time, there are like classic missteps that businesses make when, you know, they're investing in their branding and their marketing and, you know, not to be a downer on it, but I, but I do think it's, I think the listeners need to hear what some of those missteps are because some of them are probably making them. So right. what are they? Oh, I can summarize that real quickly. So if you take the, and let's you and I in, in this conversation use the example of Canada's huggable car dealer. Okay. All right. So yep. this would be the word of advice not from me, but from the man himself, when Jim Gilbert, on the first day we met. All right, Diane? Yep. He, sa mm -hmm. he says, quote, it's not about four wheels and a piece of tin. And I went, what? What do you mean? And he, he goes on to explain in that low talker voice of his, he says, he says, there's 22 car dealerships in a hundred kilometer radius. He says, they all got four wheels and a piece of tin. He says, the way they make cars nowadays, they're all good. Diane, how much better are the cars being made today? They were good yeah. 20 years ago. They're good now. Guess right. what? It's not about product, service, features, advantages, benefits. And so for anyone listening, metaphorically, everyone has got their version of the four wheels and a piece of tin. Everyone, yeah. everyone. And what we discovered, and it's a recurring theme in the book, that's not it. 
Does your product or service or expertise have to be of top-notch quality? Yes. No one's arguing that. Yeah. But if you focus your entire effort on the four wheels and the piece of tin, you're missing out on the opportunity to go in a completely different direction than everybody else. I always like to say brand strategy is, is a three-letter word. Everybody zigs, you zag. <laughs> That's it, right? Yeah. And, and, and so, and I don't want to, you know, chew up all kinds of time relating case study after case study after case study where we've seen this dynamic happen. But the point is this, when you decide it's not about whatever your metaphorical four wheels and a piece of tin is, and that you're not going to speak the same language as everybody else, only when a leader makes that decision, then you open the door of possibility and wonder and imagination, and maybe even a little bit of magic to discover the story that's been inside you all along. That's exactly like, I can't stress this enough. That's yeah. exactly how Nike did it, how Disney did it. It's how Apple did it with Steve Jobs. I was at his house, I think, what was it, three years ago, in front of that garage where he and Wozniak launched what is now, what, the world's first $3 trillion company. I, yeah. I spoke that day with employee number four, Diane. And what did Jobs mm. say? In 1997, when they were three or four months away from bankruptcy, he quoted you know, he, he, there's a thing that's all over the internet. And what amazes me, Diane, is how few leaders are paying attention to those words from Steve Jobs. He says, marketing is about values. He says, it's not speeds and feeds and bits and bytes and megahertz about why we're better than Windows. No, he says, Nike never talks about the product. What, they, what do they do? They instead honor athletics and great athletes. In other words, Nike built their brand around values. When Jobs comes back from, you know, his, for the resurrection and avoids bankruptcy, that was part of his intro at an offsite to talk about, to introduce, think different. Here's to the crazy ones, that 60 second spot they did, right? With yep. Albert Einstein, Picasso, Muhammad yeah. Ali, Buckminster Fuller, Amelia Earhart, Kermit the Frog. They weren't talking at all about a computer. Right. So we've very deliberately taken, taken those insights from one of the greatest marketers and brand builders who ever lived called Steve Jobs. I would say it kind of worked out for them. Yeah. Right, Diane? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah like it worked out pretty good for them, right? Yeah. 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 So we're taking those principles from the greatest brands in the world, Nike, Red Bull, okay? Mm -hmm. um, right, Red Bull gives you wings. You see, what, what, what executives, leaders, marketers have to understand in this time-compressed, attention-starved world, you've only got two to six words to own the market with. Two to six words, that's it. And so we, we cover this in great detail in Chapter 7. Well, what are going to be those two to six words? Well, that's a pretty big leadership decision, I would say. Like Nike, again, it worked out pretty yeah. good for Nike. There's three words that yep. define the whole Nike brand, right, Diane? Right. Definitely. Right. They've been doing it since 1988. And I can already hear people in your listening audience. I'm not telepathic, but I can hear them going, yeah, I know those three words. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, just do it. Right? Back in Cleveland, did they get a lot of mileage from LeBron out of that? <laughs> I think they did. Right? I if I'm speaking to someone from from uh, sure. from Cleveland, Ohio. But my yeah. point is, is that Nike's got three words, Canada's huggable car dealer, four words. Red Bull gives you wings, three words. Yeah. They never, ever have to change. Very deliberately, this is why longevity and, and long-term vision is, is, is so key. Um, and, and consequently, you want a story told in two to six words that has no ending. But every story you tell will end with that ending. Does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does. And I think it's such a good point. And really, I think, I, I think it's a lesson that everyone can learn that, it, that the, one of the things that I say is the more you talk, the less people listen. So, you, you know, you got to nail it down, get the point across in, in as short form as possible because, and grab people. And so it, it's worth that exploration and taking that time to figure that out. I think a lot of people struggle and so they end up over communicating in a situation where they shouldn't be, it doesn't work for them. Right. Or they spend a lot of time and money on communicating a message. Yeah. That has absolutely zero chance to gain traction with it. Yeah. Else. Right. 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 Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's so right. Okay. Now I have to ask you this question about Eddie Van Halen oh. because I know you're a huge music fan and you have cited Eddie Van Halen as one of your biggest inspirations. But what I want to know is, are there business branding and marketing lessons that can be learned from rock legends like Eddie? Without question. Now I have to ask, why did you bring up the Eddie Van Halen? I'm guessing it has to do with that video. Yes. That might be the best place for you and I to start. Okay. When he passed away, I'll, you know, oh, yeah. like my son called. My son uh, called me up and he says, Dad, I got to tell you, Eddie Van Halen passed away. It's just like one of the, I've never met the guy, Diane, but he was <laughs> the sound, he's the soundtrack for 42 years of my life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Through both eras of David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar, I love yeah. both versions of the band. Yeah. And I, I probably, like a lot of people, just felt that emptiness. And how, how, how could he pass away? Because in, in our mind, in our perception, he's still young. Right. We still see that sure. boyish, right, Diane? We yeah. see that boyish enthusiasm. And then, so I was more than a little bummed out. And then... After about two or three days, I because I do a, on my website and YouTube channel, I do a little, it's kind of like our own little Netflix style series. It's called Leaders and Legends. And I just, I got to do a video about Eddie Van Halen. And, and um, you know, and I, I, I title it around how legends earn their stripes. And it was incredibly rewarding to do that video. It's still the most popular thing I've ever done on, on the internet. Really? Yeah. Out mm -hmm. of my, 
Now, in terms of one of the big takeaways and why it's relevant to anyone in business, Eddie Van Halen was a total original. Total, total what? I mean, a total original. Oh, yeah. You talk about the authentic swing that we talked about earlier. Uh-huh. I mean, I never wrote about this in the book, but my point is, is that Eddie Van Halen, what did he do? He created his own sound. He even created his own instrument. He even was the guy. He's the first guy that I ever heard of when I was a kid that he didn't play a Fender or a Gibson Les Paul or a Flying V. No, he he built his own guitar and then put all the wild, you know, stripes and and, and all that flash to it. No one else had done that. No one else had done finger tapping and and the kind of explosive things that he was doing that created eruption or took a power drill and used that to intro pound cake. Or He was a complete original. In that way, he's exactly like Pike Place Fish Market. Yeah, right. Weber, Weber's out there on Highway 11, you know, um, uh, Canada's huggable car dealer, right? The Pawn Stars, complete original. And and the quest to become your own story. That's that's really I th- I think Diane, what it's all about. How are you going to be the only one of you? Because if you try to be everything to everybody, you mm. actually wind up being nobody to anyone and everyone. So. I always yeah. tell my business audiences, what makes you different is what makes you an original. And what makes you an original is what makes you a leader and leaders. That's what the world needs right now, more yeah. than ever. Yeah, so true. I know. I know. And I totally agree with you. I, I think, you know, everyone is not a target audience. You really have to know who your your ideal, you know, where you fit and Mm -hmm. really speak to them and, and have your story directed towards them because they're the ones who are going to hear it. Right. And so that, and that, you know, in effect, what you just did is you captured the essence of big little legends as a book and as a philosophy, it's not everyone's cup of tea. I never set out to write that book. (laughs) I don't want it. No, I'm serious. Right. But what I am doing is I'm challenging business leaders doesn't matter whether it's B2B or B2C or nonprofit or community, because they're all sprinkled through the book, those different stories. But I'm challenging business leaders, especially, to really, really dig in and ask themselves some pretty powerful and provocative questions. Like, does your category have a king or queen? And if not, well, what's stopping you from occupying that throne, right? Yeah. And But you won't be able to discover that and achieve that legendary status unless you somehow dig into the story that's already yours. You just got to figure out what is that story and how do I tell it? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Boy, Gare, I mean, we could talk forever, but we can't talk forever. And, you know, then people wouldn't necessarily buy the book, which we want them to do. So I really appreciate this conversation and you spending this time with me. Will you tell the listeners how they can get the book, how they can find you? You know, what, what do they need to know? Very, very quickly. I'm the easiest guy to find online because it's Gare, G-A-I-R Maxwell. I think I'm the only one in the world with the spelling <laughs> of, of that name. So uh, I can thank my mother, God rest her soul for that. 
Um, yeah, it's on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Nobles. We're all over the world with Big Little Legends now. Um, uh, shout out very quickly, Diane, to yeah. Page Two Publishing, who who are doing such a great job of. I think Page Two, my publisher, is how they connected you and I. I believe, right? Uh, and, could be, yeah, yeah, and um, and so. Yeah. So anyone and and I and believe it or not, Diane. Besides the book, some of my best stuff I give away for free on that uh, on that series we talked about uh, earlier called Leaders and Legends. And already I'm planning. I think this is going to turn into a trilogy because of with the release of oh. the first book. Yes, with the re- yeah with the release of the first book, it's it's sparked all kinds of like people from people I haven't even met yet are writing me to tell me oh, you should look at this, or you should look at this business, or I know Schwartz has a famous smoked meat shop in Montreal, for example, but I also know that I've identified uh, someone in the home renovation business out of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, and you see what I mean, Diane, like this is a subject, endless, it's endless, Um, and we never even got, he's in the book, but we never got to talk about him. Jesse Cole from the Savannah Bananas, America's favorite minor league baseball team with more TikTok followers than anyone in major league baseball. I oh mean, it just, gosh. it's an endless, endless repository of, of, of richness and, 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 and being able to dig into people and, and companies and organizations who've actually figured out how to step into their own truth. Because when you do yeah. that, you know, you basically make the competition irrelevant because there's only one of you. Exactly. And how inspiring is that, right? I mean, it's so uplifting to know that there are so many big little legends out there. So thank you for the work you do. Thank you for sharing it with our audience and listeners. Thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.